welcome to episode 31 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. It is November 5th. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Cassell. Good evening, podcasters. Hi, Ian. Hi, Paul. It's good to see you guys. Good to Hi, see guys. you, Matt. Hi. Hi, Hi uh, Paul. You, go, you both seem very, uh, very energetic. For such a late hour of podcasting. Yes, we are old men. It is 10 o'clock at night. and uh, School night, no less. Yeah. <clears throat> Tonight's topic, I expect, is going to get the old juices flowing. Maybe wake us up a little bit. Because tonight's topic is Marvel versus DC. Not Marvel and DC. Not Marvel or DC. But Marvel versus DC, we're throwing down tonight. We're going to keep tally, keep score, see who comes out in the end. I already can tell you who's going to come out in the end. I know. I know. Image Comics. Oh, the wild card. I was going to call them the Dark Horse. Oh! Oh. Boom! But before... The verse. Or, yeah, or, yeah, or Boom no. Studios. Oh! Really? You didn't catch it? No, oh, we didn't no. get it. Boom's not a real studio. It's not? Boom. Yeah, but not really. Oh. That's what? like saying Archaea. What? <laughs> what, um. What does Boom produce? I don't know. Any kind of. What, what, what comics do they have? I'm not. Like Peanuts? Or. I don't know. We'll know. look it up during okay. housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. <laughs> Tonight we're going to talk about Marvel versus DC. Uh, both very close to Paul and my hearts. And whenever we are constructing our comic strips, a lot of the humor that we pull from comes from both of those two lovely companies. Uh, there's a lot of weird shit that happens in... Uh, Marvel and DC books, and we like to tell our fans about that, so take a look at mixsauce.com, and uh, you'll see our strips as well as our reviews and the wonderful podcast that you're listening to now on Wednesday. Go to the Facebook page and like us. Go to You can find the actual podcast on mixsauce.podomatic.com. Go back through the archives and check out some of our earlier shows See how we've progressed to the fine-tuned, well-oiled machine that we are today from our humble beginnings back in March, I think it was, that we started this. It was. Feels like a lifetime ago. You can also check us out on iTunes, write and review, uh, rate us, give us five lovely stars, and you can also catch up with us on Twitter. By now, you probably know how to find us, but if not... At Gint underscore McSauce, at Little Depressed Matt, at The Sauce. And uh, without any further ado, because this is one of the topics that we've talked about since the beginning of this podcast, is Marvel versus DC, the two companies that are the most well-known by uh, anybody who's ever seen a movie or read a comic book. You, If you're listening to this, you'll know some of the heroes that we're talking about tonight, and we're going to pit the creators, the storylines, the characters against one another tonight in a bloody no-hold-bar throwdown. So, 
a brief note about Boom Studios. They pretty much have nothing to offer. Don't they have a Stan Lee associate, affiliation or something like that? Um, they've got a lot of licenses. Planet of the Apes, 28 Days Later, the Jennifer's Body License. Adventure Time. A lot of kids stuff. Muppets, uh, Mickey, Donald, and the gang, Adventure Time, Ace Age, Garfield. Uh, yeah, their Boom Studios looks... Uh, Pretty slim. Ooh, studio. <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> but we're not here to talk about Boom or Image or Valiant or any of that stupid shit that nobody reads. We're here to talk about. What? I can, uh, I can hear the listeners turning, te- turning it off. I'm teasing. I'm looking at an IDW book right now. How about that? I don't know. Uh, can I make a uh, special shout out to Burger King and the Angry Whopper? Was it angry? It was okay. What's on the Angry Whopper? Um, <clears throat> beef, cheese, and rage. Uh, I think a sprinkle of fury. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some some uh, onion rings, maybe. Oh, jalapenos. Those are going to be really angry. Like my lips. <laughs> my lips are all spicy now. Your lips are always oh. all spicy. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Marvel vs. DC. If you listen to the podcast, if you're familiar with us, you know where my allegiances lie. I'm going to try to be as unbiased as possible tonight. You're extremely good at doing that. I am not. But since I feel that my two colleagues here lean toward the Marvel side of things, I will try not to overcompensate. If you know anything about me and my personal life, or on this podcast, I'm nothing but fair. And I spit all over your computer. So I do that too. (laughs) Wow, you really did. I know. I'm eating this comic stick. Do you remember the the night we did the the Daredevil podcast? podcast and I said something and a spittle came out of my mouth. It was like I poured a glass. I was looking at your phone and it was like I poured a glass of water on your fucking phone. You poured mouth water all over my iPhone. Like I took your I felt so bad that I took your phone and I cleaned it off at the sink because so much drool ended up on it. And I had to go get a new phone because you damaged it at the sink. Did you have to put in a bag of dried rice or something? I did. Did I really break it? No. Okay. That's fine. It was just for effect. So if we're gonna if we're gonna look at the two big companies and what the creators bring to the table, Matt, who would you say right off the bat has the better creators? Why don't we talk about characters first? That's what it's all about. Is it? Yeah, dude. Alright. Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's talk about characters. Which, if you want to reference the uh, the controversial A and B list uh, heroes episodes. You can find those on iTunes and Podomatic, folks. <laughs> uh, that would, that would probably be a good starting point for us. I mean, which, uh... Which company has the uh, the more well-known characters, guys? I feel like I'm going to have to break a glass over somebody's head. I feel the anger rising up from those old podcasts. I don't know if we can talk about this tonight. <laughs> we get too mad. But 
I think, let's just say that they have equal number of A-list and B-list characters. But the public knows DC's characters more. I would disagree with that. You would. I would. I think that the public, especially with the movies, which we will talk about at a later date, but you can't ignore that. That people know who Thor is now. People know who Loki is now. As much as the Joker or Lex Luthor, or whoever that bald guy is that nobody knows. Professor X. Fair. But, if we had to, I don't know if we did this last time, I can't remember. If, if we had to seed, if it was a ranking system, uh, I would say that DC's heroes, Batman and Superman, gotta go probably 1-2 public uh, consciousness, people knowing. If you show the Batman or Superman logo, anybody on Earth is going to know what that is. If you show the Spider-Man spider, maybe not. Captain America, Maybe not that bogus one from... I just spit all over my lip just now. (laughs) Maybe not that bogus one from... uh... That's because my lips are so spicy. Tonight's episode brought to you by Saliva. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the bogus spider? Yeah, from the Amazing Spider-Man, the one that had its legs pointing to his dick. Well, the problem with Spider-Man Spider is there's no real 100% defined version uh, that's been used. That's incorrect. Okay. Spider-Man's logo is his face as the circle. That's what I think is Spider-Man's logo. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't appear. We're on talking top. about his 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 emblem on his chest. That's though. part of Spider-Man's problem because the logo he wears on his chest and the emblem that people associate with him are kind of two different things. But Batman uh, has about a thousand different. Yeah, emblems there, on there's his chest. no. Yeah, one. but it's it's. You show anybody any variation of the Bat signal or the Bat logo, people are going to get it. They Unless it's Batman do. Forever, that like real skinny, weird looking one. Yeah, or or even even maybe the Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, the flat. Um, Although it looks like that one's going one. to get popular with the new <clears throat> Batman versus Superman movie. But even that's a little different than the one that Christian Bale had, because the one in the new movie is the fatter Frank Miller ish. Yeah, right. But. So I well, I Superman like, wins this one because he hasn't changed his logo ever. So I guess he wins with not really. I mean, <clears throat> there have been, there's been very like tons of variations of it over the years. Small variations. I know that there was one that the shield was black and it was black. It was like a black and red shield from right. the 30s, and they're, they they've been changed here and there. But come on, everybody knows what Superman's shield looks like. No, you're right. You're right. Actually, uh, I read somewhere. That um, the Superman S is the most known logo in the world next to, or symbol, maybe it's symbol, next to, like, the cross from, like, the Holy Cross. I never read that book. What, who wrote that? Uh, Grant Morrison? Jesus or somebody. Yeah. So, yeah, Grant Morrison. I've heard that, too. Yeah, I, um, I think I heard that on this podcast, actually. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, it it really speaks to the longevity of that logo, the great 
design sense that they had back in the you know 30s and 40s mm-hmm. to create that. Um, I think part part of the problem with Marvel's heroes is they don't a lot of them don't have real striking <coughs> emblems like Batman, Green Lantern, The Flash. Which Marvel heroes do? Fantastic Four. No, not anymore. They don't have the traditional circle anymore. Yeah, traditionally. Do they, they still? Have the, they have the white. I think they have the the four in the circle. There's is it it's still on there? Super convoluted. There's the FF where they wear the white costumes, and then the Fantastic Four, which I believe still wears the classic four. Oh, really? Logo. Okay. Okay. X Men Red X. <clears throat> It's almost like they're trying to hide the logos like somewhere in the costume, whereas the DC characters proudly put it right as big as they can, right in the middle of their chest. And that speaks to the iconic nature that I think we just play footsies. Footsies. <laughs> the iconic nature of the DC heroes that appeals to you, Paul. Um, I, they they all kind of have that logo and, and that design sense. Yeah, no, that that probably goes goes towards why I like them. I like a nice, solid branding, and most of the DC heroes have that. Even even some uh, even some newer guys. If you you look at someone like Catman, in his few appearances, solid branding. What does Catman's? I'm not familiar with his. He's got those like three slashes on his chest. Oh, now that's a deep cut. That's nothing. Jeez, oh man. Someone yeah. not a DC fan is gonna know, but it's appeared. It, it's a it's appeared other places since Gail Simone made him a relatively popular character. Paul, who are your top three favorite DC characters? Hal Jordan, Superman, and. I don't know. Right now, I'm going to say Barry Allen. All right. Good podcast tonight, guys. All right. Well, it was good seeing you guys, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Ian, who are your three favorite Marvel characters? I can't do DC. My three favorite Marvel heroes are Spider-Man. Ah, boy. Then it gets real dicey in there already. Um, I at least had two. I like Kitty Pride a lot. And currently, I really? like really. Can yeah, you put in your top three favorite characters? Maybe not of all time, but I'm just gonna say I like her a lot. And um, right now, man, Thor. I really like the current run that Jason Aaron is putting together, as well as the movies. I'm super fucking excited for uh, the Dark World that's coming out this week. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when I'm gonna get to see it, but um, when, are, when are we going to see it? Tomorrow. Okay. But, uh, so Spider-Man, Thor, and Kitty Pride. You may mock, but, or smoke your candy cigarette, <laughs> and blow fake candy smoke in my face. Those no, ones I... were the best. The ones that were, like, doused in, in powdered sugar, but mm. had, like, a wrapper around it. We the have a gigantic bowl of Halloween yeah. candy that we are crushing here, if you can't hear it, as we're smacking. I've got the uh, the chewy lemon heads, which are really good. I've never had those until tonight. They are really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were, I, we're I, commenting on the packaging of these candy cigarettes, because there's Marvel and DC ones, oddly enough, and Scooby-Doo. 
And that actually sort of makes sense. It's they're not candy cigarettes; they're candy sticks, or candy mix, as the Warner Brothers ones are called. I think they took the the pink um, tips off of off of them because they yeah, used the to lit have, flame yeah. or the lit end of the cigarette. It's funny seeing Superman and Batman on candy cigarettes, but not so much. Wolverine. He seems to be right as right at home. Very appropriate. Candy cigars. Candy cigars. They should have had Nick Fury, Wolverine, and John Constantine. <laughs> Those would have been the best candy cigarettes of all time. Mm-hmm. Now, Matt, you're more of you have a more of a Marvel slant. I, Paul seems to think that's the case. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I'd say that you're an image guy, but for the sake of tonight, um. Which way do you go? Do you, uh, DC or Marvel? Well, we're all going to name... We'll go get back to you, and you can name your Marvel guys. I don't know. Um, Paul, I, I don't sorry. know what I prefer. I don't know. Name they, your three favorite DC characters. Three, no, three favorite Marvel characters. You can't name three right off the bat. You can't name one. I can name three. Do it. Three Marvel characters? Three favorite Marvel characters. Um, Spider-Man, Wolverine, and the Punisher. Damn, I should have said the Punisher. <clears throat> you should have, but you didn't. And to round out the top five, Daredevil and Silver Surfer. Oh. So. <laughs> I, I feel like we Take need a to... deep drag of that, <laughs> man. <laughs> Like, he actually took it out. Just hit that he looked like stick. He looked like Morton Downey Jr. <laughs> Morton Downey Jr. What a great show that was. You guys remember the original Talk Soup? Like, with Greg Kinnear on it? Hell yeah, dude. I was more was familiar when... with the second round when John Henson... <clears throat> he was, was good, too. He was a good second host. But Greg Kinnear was where, where it was at. Yeah, he talk was, shows he was, the was host like the wild most. fucking west. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I remember that. Jerry Springer, Ricky Lake, uh, Tempest. Warren Downey Jr. reminds me of my grandma. Sally Jeff- Jesse Raphael. I don't even want to know why. Mm-hmm. Cool Sally Jesse. Donahue. Donahue. Donahue was a man. Jenny Jones. Show. <laughs> Phil Donahue. Man's man. Man's man. God, I got so much pussy. Geraldo? Geraldo oh, had a good show? I think it's Geraldo. Geraldo? <laughs> Geraldo was the, uh, he, he sings, um, Rico Suave, right? Yes. I wish it was the other way around. Geraldo needed to sing that song. It's after 10 o'clock, folks. It's super late. We're smoking candy cigarettes. Yeah. It's a good thing that we have a couple packs here. If these were real cigarettes, we would be dead as hell right now. <laughs> All right, so here's my uh, my top three DC characters. Batman, Robin, and Shazam. Ugh. But what? Excuse me? I like the current Jeff Johns Shazam stuff, but other than that, he kind of stinks. I agree with that. I don't know. Robin. Jeff Smith's um, Shazam story was pretty good. I, I'd say that I would take your... I would trust you on that. I'm going to have to read it one of these days. Which but, Robin? Well, Tim Drake. Look at this. This one has like a little scoop on it. 
You know, maybe that's not even a fair. Th- that's disgusting. As <laughs> you put it in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, like a little candy cigarette penis. Maybe I should clarify because the Robin that I used to adore doesn't exist anymore in the current DC universe. So. When you say you used to adore Robin, I, I picture you caressing his face, making sure that his little domino mask is on right, giving him his lunch. Giving him his lunch. To go out and fight crime. <laughs> I would I would have to go with Matt and put the pre-New 52 Tim Drake in my top five. Good fucking character. Halloween 1992. My dad went as Batman. My sister went as Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. And I went as Penguin. Tim Drake Robin. How dare you? <laughs> That's pretty dope. It was cool. I'll have to show you a picture. Yeah, where are those pictures? Uh, at my parents' house, <clears throat> going up the steps to my old bedroom. Are they so they're in picture frames? Mm-hmm. Just grab the frame right off the wall. You would love the pictures of me. What a yeah! I was an extremely cute kid. So Ian, top three DC characters, go. Batman. Robin, can I count? Uh, can I count which Robin? Tim Drake. Tim Drake. Tim Drake. I'm sorry. Does Vertigo count? No. Sure. Okay, I won't. I won't do it. Uh, let me think. Let me. No. Th- let me think. Well, I like Swamp Thing a whole lot, but I yeah. mean, he's well, he's DC now. Yeah. You can pick Swamp Thing. That's... You can do Swamp Thing. A little weird. I'll say Swamp Thing. I, like... I don't think that's weird. I think that's, a, that's a very inspired pick. I like that. Oh, thank you. I like Swamp Thing a whole lot. I like the, you know, the new stuff, as well as the old Alan Moore classics. Hmm. Uh, Paul, top three Marvel heroes. Oh, I like Richard Ryder, Ugh. Peter Parker, and man, the third one's really tough. Do you like Peter Parker just as a down-on-his-luck youth, or do you like him as a science teacher? I like science teacher Peter Parker giving or, being or Spider-Man and giving back I, to the community. I was going to say or do you, does Spider-Man fall into any of this or yeah okay. Spider-Man okay I don't not to be confused with Otto Octavius Spider-Man or Ben Riley Spider-Man or Blade Spider-Man racist my third pick I would probably I think I gotta go Mr. Fantastic just because of the name. I like Mr. Fantastic. Do you? Yeah, you can roll with that arrogance. <clears throat> Good gray hair. Smart. I Smartest like... guy in the Marvel Universe? Uh, that, that one's always up for debate. Sam Doom and Tony Stark. I like... Bruce Banner. Fourth. Bruce Banner's smarter than Tony Stark. You think so? I think so. 
I think so. I like Tony Stark in the movies way more than I like him in the print. I've been trying to but force they're myself... Him, they're writing him like the movie now. I know. It's not as good as Robert Downey Jr. Or Dominic Yossi, for that matter. That's fair. <clears throat> so, I'd want to... I'd want to say that I... That Iron Man would be up there in some top five for me, but he never comes across as good in the in the comics as I want him Are to. Are we only talking um, heroes or just characters from these universes? We can talk characters. I mean, g- give us uh, a favorite villain or... Well, the Joker, of course. Mm. Joker's great. Yes, he is. Animated series Lex Luthor. He's great. Gail Simone's dead shot. Great. David Hurwitz's Penguin. Great. Mm. What do you got, Ian? Uh, JMS is more loom. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Ezekiel is pretty good, though. Ezekiel was cool. Ezekiel's a deep cut, man. Mm-hmm. I really liked the... I think it was... Uh, his name Dave Michelini. He was the writer Dave on... Michelini. Michelini. Was a writer on Amazing Spider-Man during the Todd McFarlane, Eric Larson era. I liked the way that he did Venom. I thought it was really, really good. It was the first, it was original version of Venom before he was super played out and got his own miniseries and was a hero for a small time. It was just the crazy "I want to eat your brains" Venom, which was cool. Black Ooh. Cat, pretty good. Villain, hero... The Catwoman of the Spider-Man universe. Mm -hmm. The real Catwoman? Not so bad? I watched The Dark Knight Rises this weekend, and when Catwoman came on the screen, it made me want to punch Matt in the face. Why? Because they never called her Catwoman? They never did call her Catwoman. And you were reminded that... They they never never did call her Catwoman. They did call her Selena Kyle, but you know. (laughs) Details, shmeetails. So, Ian, you're... uh... You're a Marvel guy. Why would you say Marvel has the better heroes? We've probably talked about it a million times on this podcast. They just feel more relatable. They're more fun for me. I like the adventures that I've gone on with them. My first comic books that I read as a, you know as a kid and as a teenager were all Marvel books. It just it's the way. That I imagine my superheroes having a little bit of realism and realistic problems that I can relate to, and that's why I like a little humanity, if you will. They do have hum- humanity. Um, not to say, and th- and that's such a general, broad term, because now I think DC is trying to do some similar things with their characters. So, but whenever I first was introduced into comics. They felt that way to me. They felt more human. Um, so that's why I like Marvel heroes better. Paul, what do you? why do you slant more towards DC? See, I expected DC, when they kicked off the New 52, to go even harder in that direction and make all the characters, all, the, all, all their characters that we knew from before the New 52 be a little, little edgier. We'll have some more... Some more personal issues, but they kind of really haven't done that at all. Uh, I feel like when everything kicked off 
it felt kind of new and different, but now a lot of the characters feel like the same characters that they've always been. Well, they went in that direction with Superman, making him... The, the adventures of Superman where he was younger, he was brash, he was kind of reading as a version of Peter Parker, I think you've even stated before. In what? In the... Action. Action comics. Okay. Yeah. The first couple <clears throat> issues that Grant Morrison... Before right. Grant Morrison did his Grant Morrison thing. I... In fairness, only read four issues of it. Didn't really like it all that much, but I did see where they were going with it. See, I like my heroes to be heroes. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like Peter Parker is a hero? That's why it's one of, he's in my top three Marvel heroes. You don't same feel with, the Punisher is a hero? Same with Reed Richards and Richard Ryder. They're heroes heroes. They've, they do... Fantastic heroes. Four isn't heroes, heroes. X-Men are heroes, heroes. I said Reed Richards. He's Fantastic Four. And the X-Men... Daredevil isn't heroes, the heroes. Are, but the X-Men are too Captain angst. America. The X-Men are too angsty. Iron Man's not a heroes, hero. They um, just have problems, that's all. They do. But they don't feel like... Marvel heroes, to me, never feel like they have... A calling to be heroes. They never feel bigger than bigger than life. With Marvel heroes, it's always someone doesn't like them. The public doesn't like them. Something's wrong with this guy. There's always some kind of shit going on. And I know it might be more realistic that way, but I can't, that's not what I want from my heroes. I want people to... Like, Captain America's a good example, I guess. But even going back to the Civil War, the Civil War story... They try to make it so that maybe Captain America isn't that really good guy that you thought he was. But I like Superman comes on the scene and everyone's just in awe. Like this is this is who we should be. Like this is the guy. Even even you know when when Batman does it, it's supposed to be a bad guy, and it's way different than Wolverine because I don't think anyone really likes Wolverine. Now, Wolverine's probably the best example I, and, and, of what you're talking about you don't like. And when, when I say that, I mean, I mean the people in, the, in, in, in that Marvel, Marvel universe. No one, no one knows him, but he's always gruff, he's always mean. But when you see Batman, no one knows Batman, no one sees him, but there's still an awe and respect about that character. But I feel like I could pick up any Marvel book and some schmo on the sidewalk... We'll throw a beer can at Wolverine. Get out of here, you mutant freak. But no one's going to pull that shit with Batman. Because they do... Marvel pulls that real-life aspect of racism and hatred into their books, which make it feel Don't organic. Don't you know? I, sometimes I like to read a little racism, <laughs> you know, in my free time. I'm like, man, I didn't get enough of it today. <laughs> Matt, thoughts. Hi, Paul. What do you want to know? Would you like to? Would you like to tell me what you like and don't like about how each well, company's heroes are portrayed? Yeah, I, I think you guys are both making pretty good points, uh, and I basically agree with both of what you're saying. Although I take kind of each character that I <clears throat> am interested in sort of at face value. I don't look at the whole. Well, how do they fit into the context of their their publisher um so like you were explaining paul about superman 
that is the <clears throat> the pinnacle of what we all aspire to be. Um, and Ian mentioned that, yeah, there's going to be a lot more angst and, and personal problems with characters like the X-Men. Um, but that's kind of why each one of those individual characters are going to work. And, and I don't necessarily gravitate one way or the other. Um, you know, I like that Superman is that, that, that pinnacle of, I want to say of like mankind, but he's not even human, but we'll just ignore that humanoid kind. Humanity in the thirties would have just totally ignored that. That's all right. We're so accepting. <laughs> um, but going back to uh, to kind of what got me into comics in the first place, I definitely was more interested in the Marvel books, particularly Spider-Man and Wolverine. Those were the two characters that I was just interested in. But I don't know if it was necessarily because of their everyday problems or their their closer to the real world kind of um, <clears throat> draw that that we're talking about. I just probably thought they looked cool, and I knew that I liked Spider-Man's powers, and, and I always liked Batman too, but back in those early days, I definitely was all about buying Marvel Comics, but um, since then, I've, I've kind of like leveled out. I'm like 50-50 <clears throat> now, I would say. I've always been terrified that I would do some weird slide into liking Marvel more. <clears throat> That's what's wrong with you. <laughs> that drives me insane, is that you have, while I may be a Marvel fan, I also am a DC fan. I probably buy more DC books now than I do Marvel things. Um, I never have some fear of going to the other side, because... In the end, isn't it all just comic books and characters and fun adventures you want to go on with them? I average one and a quarter Marvel books a month. I'm buying. I'm buying my share of uh, Mighty Marvel. You're such a hater. I'm doing it. You're so ridiculous. But it, in a sense, in, in a sense, I feel like the you know the DC what? superheroes are almost your your kids' superheroes, and when you're young, that's who you like, and then you get older, and then you get into these characters that have a lot more depth. When you're a teenager, you get into image characters that are all about boobs and blood. Right, and then when you get older, you get into, you know, the soap opera that is the X-Men. Now, why are you afraid that you would ever go Marvel? Because I really like the type of heroes that I like. And I don't, I don't want to Do you think that you couldn't... The Punisher. I don't ever want to get on that train. I will. I like. You don't ever want to read a really good, intriguing story about an interesting character that might not be exactly what you are used to. I do, and I do that, but I don't. But you're I don't want that. I don't want that to become the norm for me. I want to continue to like the idea of what a hero is really supposed to be. What are you shaking your head about? Because it's the most ridiculous thing on fucking earth. That's why I'm shaking my head. I'm going to have another Scooby-Doo cigarette. Can I bum a smoke? <laughs> most definitely. 
I'm still working on my uh, Wolverine Hulk pack here. One thing that I like about the fact that we're holding, we're all holding them like cigarettes. <laughs> One thing that I like about lung cancer. <laughs> What's really diabetes. funny? What's really funny is none of us smoke, but we're <laughs> we're all sitting around <laughs> pretending like we're smoking and talking about comic books, <laughs> and we're in our thirties. Because you can't crunch them because it's too loud, so you gotta kind of suck on the tip a little bit. <laughs> You're pretty good at that, dude. Anyway, one thing that I like about ignoring. DC for the better part of two decades is now I can go back and read all the things that I ended up missing because I was stubborn or didn't give things a fair shot. Anytime that I go to my local comic book store and I want to find a new fun story that I I had no idea ever existed, I go right to the DC section and I can always find something that's going to be pretty cool. And, and something that I might have missed out on a long time ago. So that's that's one good thing about being a jerk-off teenager and, you know, make Marvel mine and all that crap. Make mine Marvel? Whatever. You don't even know your own company's sales. Whatever. Tomato, tomato. You know what Excelsior is? Isn't, isn't that a kind of toothpaste? <laughs> Smoke into the mic, Matt. Alright, so, I think um, we're, we're talking about characters, we're talking about who has the, the better stable, and uh, getting back to what you said initially, Paul, you think that DC has the most iconic characters. I think DC... Ian, you feel a little differently. <clears throat> I also think DC has a deeper stable, they have a, a deeper bench that they can pull characters from mm-hmm. than Marvel does. Because once you get past, you know, like, well, the Avengers and the X-Men are both pretty big. I mean, essentially everyone has been on one of those teams at one point or another. But if you look Can't at... You say that about the Justice League as well, though? Yeah, but if you look at just the core teams, then after that, everything kind of falls off. But I feel like DC has more facets of stuff out there that branch off in different directions like with Justice Society and all that stuff all the magic related characters yeah Justice Society Teen Titans all the magic stuff it seems like there's more there's just more characters out there to pull from I think DC made more of an effort to uh, to explore those characters and get good creators on those books where Marvel has you know, ridden the Avengers, X-Men, Spider-Man train for nearly three decades, four decades at this point. And maybe it's because they've been so successful with that formula that they haven't branched out. And we don't get more Doctor yeah. Strange. We don't get more cool Ghost Rider, Blade stories. DC seems a little more willing to say, hey, here's this ragdoll character. Go, go do something with it. Yeah, them. I agree with that. I feel like probably even more so recently because I don't think they necessarily want all their books to be Superman and Batman but it's just kind of that's the way the cookie crumbles Marvel totally wants all its books to be Avengers, Avengers. and X-Men yep. 
to the point where the X Men books, the logo to <clears throat> X Men books are all the same now. It's yeah. all that skinny axe. Yeah. And, uh, they're they're both guilty of it, but I agree that the DC it feels to me is making a little more of an effort to get some peripheral um, characters out there. Uh, usually, there these books are met with horrible sales and they're canceled before they reach a year old. But at least they're trying. I mean, how many? I think it's been well over ten years since there's been a Silver Surfer comic book. And if you guys listen to this podcast, you know I am a champion of the, you of the Silver love Surfer. Him. And it's bullshit that that character does not have a book. However, Mike Allred will be drawing. The new Silver Surfer comic. Oh, do you know who's going to be writing it? Um, Mike Allred? No. Everyone's favorite. Oh, no. Grant Morrison? No. Bendis? No. Who? Everyone's other favorite. Aaron? Jason Aaron? I'll Mark give you Miller. a hint. He's going to put... Matt Fraction? Galactus is mine in Silver Surfer's body. Oh, Dan Slot. Dan Slot. That's fucking horrible. I really don't really like Mike Talk Allred about that much. Talk about a buzzkill. Mm-hmm. But, but the book's going to look nice. Yeah, it is going to look nice. I'm still going to buy it. So anyway, uh, yeah. The, where Where is the Doctor Strange book? They've done Blade. They did Morbius. But another problem with it is they never put... Not that it would make sense to, but I just feel like the, the creators on those books, particularly the artists, are never quite up to scratch where you want them to be. Um, but with Marvel DC... Doesn't push those characters. They really don't. They, I feel like they only push what is going to be big in the movies. I wish DC would be better and give them a run for their money so that they would have to do that stuff. But DC, DC gets... They do stuff where they'll be like, alright, we'll take Animal Man. We'll give it to Jeff Lemire. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... It takes off, and right. it not only puts Animal Man in a better position, but it puts Jeff Lemire in a better position. Yep, and they have, they have a history of doing that because that's what made Grant or a part of you know they put Grant Morrison on Animal Man way yeah. back in the eighties. And instead of saying, "All right, Jeff Lemire, we're going to put you on Superman," but here's this little tiny box that you're forced to work in because this is all you can do with this character. Right. Give him Animal <clears throat> Man. The sky's the limit. Do do whatever you want. In a way, Marvel did that with Hawkeye and gave it to Matt Fraction and basically said, do whatever you want with it. Create a new version of it, which is what he's done. Hawkeye feels, that Hawkeye book, which I love, feels like the current Wonder Woman book. It feels like Elseworlds Hawkeye. Disconnected. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it has You won't no see business. that Hawkeye in any Avengers. He wouldn't fit in to any Avengers book. Him and Pizza Dog. And yeah, they do that, that occasionally. I can yeah. remember the, um, the Punisher comic was it Punisher Max that was written by Jason Aaron right was it Jason Aaron yeah it was about it, Steve Dillon art yeah 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 that it, was it was like the the last Punisher story and it was no kinda... it wasn't the last Punisher story it was almost sure. like the first Punisher story because the Kingpin they give you like his origin and everything yeah but they kill they... him at the end they, yeah but they it, kill Frank Castle they killed the... Did he die at the end? He dies at the end, I can't yeah. even remember that. It's a limited... It's it's like five graphic novels, and they can't... He's an old version... Spoilers. So, sorry, everybody. That was going to read it. But, um... Yeah, they kill him at the end, and... I, but they do introduce a new Kingpin, a different, fresh version, mm-hmm. a fresh version of Bullseye mm-hmm. and Elektra, uh, but it's, it's an older Frank Castle. 
Okay. So I still think <clears> it's <throat> similar to what we were talking about. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, DC did. Speaking of a deep bench of characters, DC did fifty-two weekly book for an entire year. No Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. The trinity of what that company is all about. Took those characters out and still had a really good story. Big year-long story. It was really, really good. When is the last time Marvel was like, we're going to take out Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Iron Man? Well, they took they out Spider-Man. They did take out Spider-Man. They're still a Spider-Man. They've, they've slowly been been destroying that character over the last seven years. But not on purpose. No, on purpose. Matt. <laughs> Are, are you, so it's accidental that they've written him to be Dr. Octopus? My point is, DC has enough good characters on the bench to be able to remove... To, to be able to remove your three most popular characters and run a really good story. They're a big event for an entire year. I think Marvel could do this the same thing, but they just haven't done it. And I don't know if they ever will. Because the, that company just doesn't think that way. Marvel... I think it's not for lack of characters, maybe just lack of vision. Marvel takes basically zero chances anymore. Um, it's like... Not that DC is the most risky company out there, but... Of the two of them. Between the two, I, I feel like Marvel just just simply does not take risks. It sounds very... It, it sounds very cynical. But I feel like Marvel's really been Marvel's really been uh, driven by the movies since they started to get more popular and really yeah, totally. started to make the Marvel name what it really is now. Right. And I don't think that's right. Though DC just moved their entire office out to Hollywood, so there's you know, clearly a connection between you know DC needing a bigger box office presence. Do you think that's going to help DC by not one bit merging everything together? Not I, I don't think that they said, "Oh, it'll we'll be able to you know have this creative exchange one on one." I don't know if that's going to matter. You you still got to write a good Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> Who it's cares so, if you do it face to face? It's so weird that they decided to do that because all the time you hear them, you hear both companies really say, "The movies are the movies, and the comics are the comics." And, they don't really, they don't really cross over with each other. And we do our thing, and well, you know, Warner Brothers Entertainment or DC Entertainment, they don't really get into our our business with the comics. We're just making comics. That's really true. Why are you moving the entire comic publishing business out to Burbank with the rest of the? Because the rest of the because it's not really true. Exactly. I did read that it's a major money saving maneuver that that property in new york it shouldn't matter to dc but maybe it does that save a little money here do it in the name of combining creative forces i'm an la guy i'm all in I are you gonna visit their their uh, offices the next time that you go back home to la yeah yeah i'm, I'm gonna go i also like that their logo is blue because i like the color blue better than well, that's good. That's all. Next. 
Is that why you like Pepsi better than Coke? No, but it just happens to work out that way. Maybe it is. Maybe psychologically that's what it is. Just like blue. We work for a company whose logo's red. I don't, don't like it. You don't dig it? No? I don't dig it. Well, that's unfortunate. Is blue your favorite color? It's not purple, yeah. right? Don't you like purple? <clears throat> no, I like blue. Yeah. I like blue. If I had a lightsaber, it would be blue. I like green. There's no uh, green companies out there, are there? No? No? Not that I know of. Dick's Sporting Goods. Green comic book companies. Yes. Uh, sorry. It's image black and white. Dark horse. So. Dark horse. Black, black and, and white. white. Black and white. Black Valiant's white. red, white, and black. Yeah. Boom. Yellow. Boom. What a joke. Anyway, um, back to Marvel and DC. <laughs> so, we're talking about depth of their of their benches, of their respective benches. Um, Who's I'm, your favorite deep I'm cut gonna, character? Oh, Favorite deep cut character. Uh, well, would Shazam be a deep cut character? I don't know. That's pretty on the surface. Is he? Okay. Uh, you guys were talking about Ragdoll. That's a deep cut. I don't think people would really Yeah, Ragdoll's, Ragdoll's a deep cut. But what a creepy fucking character. Hmm. Making me think. Yeah. Well, Is Jubilee a deep cut? I love Jubilee. Christ. I do. I, I know Jubilee. Uh, well, if uh, Jubilee is not deep cut like Ragdoll's deep cut. Yeah. But uh, I think Jubilee's maybe deep cut like Deadshot would be deep cut. So I'm a yeah. big Deadshot fan. I like Deadshot a lot. There's your gray area character, kind of Frank Castle that I like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But only because... He plays for a team with a blue logo, right? See, I I would take Deathstroke over Deadshot. Although he's isn't Deathstroke he's... more of a straight up bad guy, Deadpool-ish kind of character? You know, I I never Deathstroke really doesn't joke. He doesn't. Deathstroke just fucking kills you. Okay, I don't know much about his. Uh, yeah, work. it's not Death's joke. It's Deathstroke. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Not Casal, he's here all week. <laughs> Just spit cigarette all over my laptop. <laughs> this is such a spitty the episode. Spit episode. <laughs> Ian, so, favorite deep cut character is Jubilee. I like Jubilee a lot. What about from DC? Um, gee, they're all deep cuts to me. Zatanna isn't deep cut, is she? No. Um, Not deep cut. We'll come back to you. Paul, favorite deep cut character, DC, go. If we, if we're in agreement that Deadshot is a deep cut character, I will pick Deadshot. I've gone so far as to find uh, the singles of a Deadshot miniseries. Wow. So I'll go, I'll go uh, Deadshot. Yeah, I had no idea. What about for Marvel? Um... Deep cut Marvel character. I don't know. I think I'd have to really, really research that. Matt, do you have anything? Uh, you have a bullet in the chamber? Um, Either company? Let's see. For Marvel, 
Mm. Would fire slum count? Maybe. I think so. When Firestorm's done right, I think Firestorm's a really cool character. But he rarely is done. He's got He's such rarely a done convoluted well. origin power set. Who he even fucking is. He's two different kids mm-hmm. that have to combine. and That's a mess. Yeah. For, um... For DC, I'm going to go Jonah Hex. Oh, there you go. Fuck out. You did like the um, Wild West, I forget what it was. All-Star Western, but I think they eventually altered the title to be Jonah Hex Presents, or maybe it's All-Star Western with Jonah Hex or some bullshit like that, but Jonah Hex gets the, you know, the, the top billing in the title. So... Yeah, I would probably go with him based on the str- on the strength of that uh, new Fifty Two series. Um, for Marvel, um, would Kate Bishop count as a deep cut? Yeah, yeah. I will go Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, goddamn, she's sexy in that book. She really is. Mm-hmm. I like Zorn. Not before they. Let you know that it was Magneto and then changed around to be Magneto's clone or whatever the hell they well, did. In, Just the original in, version of Zorn was in, pretty cool. In current Battle of Adam, isn't Zorn Rachel Summers from the future? I, I'm not she wears sure. wears that costume or something? I'm not sure. I'm just talking about the original first couple Grant Morrison New X-Men issues that... Um, that introduced you to Zorn. How about Phantom X? Phantom X? I don't even know who that is. He's in that, uh, that mm. Morrison run when... Oh, Vince, he's, yeah, Vince the, Vince he's the ninja in the white trench coat. Yes. He's Storm Shadow. One could say that he is. <clears throat> but what, what other kind of things make each company... One that you follow, besides the logo, color, and the characters. Did we, ta- did we talk about creators yet? Not yet. Do we want to get into that? We can get into that in the second half. Did you give us two deep cuts? I gave you one deep cut. I, I you gave us a DC deep cut. I gave you a DC deep cut. And did you give us two deep cuts? I don't, I don't, is Psylocke a deep cut? So basically I gave you a DC no. DC. You already picked a... Um, Marvel deep cut. You gotta pick a DC deep cut. DC, DC. DC, DC. Did I give it? Yeah, yeah. You, you did. <clears throat> Sorry to keep track. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a DC deep cut, but I, I can't think. I can't think of a good one. Unfortunately. Sportsmaster? How about that? <laughs> oh, yeah, mine from Marvel is uh, NFL Super Pro. <laughs> They don't get much deeper than that. Yeah, they should have a team up the sporting-related heroes and villains just rob the shit out of Dick's sporting goods. And... Isn't there a Marvel villain team called the Wrecking Crew that's all construction guys or something? That sounds like an 80s hip-hop kind of deal. <laughs> I don't think I'm wrong about that, though, right? It sounds right. It sounds like some wacky Marvel stuff. We haven't said the name Wonder Woman a lot tonight. Or at all until now. 
So which which company has a better female stable? I think that Marvel does because we've been rattling off Marvel female heroes a lot during this podcast where we haven't even talked about probably the most famous female hero, which is Wonder Woman. We haven't even brought her name up. Even whenever you mentioned the Holy Trinity, you were like, shh, don't talk about Wonder Woman. So are all of Marvel's female heroes tied to the X-Men? No, Kate Bishop is in an X-Men. Kate Bishop, Captain Marvel, and Miss- who else? Uh, yeah, um, Scarlet Witch. Hero? Spider-Woman? Whoa, Sue man. Sue Storm? I think that the, the DC females probably she take this. I'm, I'm going to give it up for the DC ladies. Okay, make make the case. Well, you got Wonder Woman, obviously. You have um, Catwoman. Hero? Mm. I don't know, she has her own comic book, so... Yeah, I'm going to say Hero, even though she's a little on the... On the shady side. She Batgirl. is. But that's how we like our ladies. Batgirl. Supergirl. Supergirl. Black Canary. You mentioned Zatanna. I did mention Zatanna. Stargirl. Nobody knows who that is, but okay. Deep that's fair. Or her partner. Power, Power Girl. Deeper type. The Countress. Power Girl, right? Yeah. Power Girl. Huntress, those, those are female characters. <laughs> they are. <laughs> and, and, and they're not tied to a team the way the majority of the female characters Should we count the Bat you? family as a team? Because I think we should. Sure. The Bat, so, the bat family? <laughs> Batman related. Is that what you mean by that? Bat, like, yeah, or, I mean, isn't that Batman's what the... Ally. Well, I mean, the isn't family, that the Bat family? No, no, no. The Bat family, I would think, would be... Like Batman and his allies, so Batman, Robin, Nightwing. Um, but it's not a it's not a team. It's not like but they're they're the, they're closely, no Batman book. But they're so closely just, tied together like that. So they're so the, much so the that Batman any comics that crossovers that happen in the Batman universe usually tie those books in. Even Catwoman. This is splitting hairs and getting silly. If um. If we want to say DC has stronger female heroes, I feel like DC's female heroes cross in cross the entire universe. Like you can take the majority of those characters, drop them into any book with any other character, and they're not going to feel out of place. But you think that about X-Men characters and Avengers characters. I think it's probably even though those two books are like completely intermingled at this point. I think it's probably well, I guess now they are, but it's it's never felt that way to me. Like I've always felt like the X-Men girls are with the X-Men, Sue Storm's with Fantastic Four, and you know, Spider Woman's been with the Avengers, but there's not a whole lot of you don't pick up an X-Men book. And oh Spider Woman's in this issue. Do you think that some of that might be because you don't really read Marvel books or you read 1.5 Marvel books a month or whatever the stat was? 1.25. 1.25 Marvel mm. books a month. Maybe that plays into your general feeling about the universe. I've read a lot of Marvel stuff over the years. 1.25 a month. That's right. 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's what's on landslide. The that's what's on the pull list right now. But I've read a lot of Marvel since I've been reading comics, and Marvel's females always seem very team oriented. That's just my opinion. You're welcome to it. Thank you, sir. Matt? Teams. What are the stronger teams? Do DC does DC have stronger teams than Marvel, or vice versa? I would, without really thinking about it too much, I want to say probably Marvel has the the better teams. Uh, I just feel like it's easier to rattle off, you know, some of the X Men. Um, The Avengers are kind of a weird thing just because everybody's a fucking Avenger. But if you just talk about the core team. Even X Men are Avengers. Yeah, yeah. If you talk about the core team, though, I feel like that's pretty easy to kind of nail down. and then obviously the Fantastic Four is, um, you know, the, those four characters are pretty iconic. But uh, beyond, like, the Justice League, the Justice League, I, I would struggle to tell you who other, like, the JSA, I don't know. Um, the Justice Bunch of League. Nobody's that nobody has ever read or given Justice League about. of America. Um, I could maybe get half of the team. Yeah, the DC pretty much has the Justice League and Teen Titans. And, and that's it. Yeah, I don't really... I Again, I could probably do half the Teen Titans. Um, I'm just way more connected with the Marvel teams. Um, do you think maybe that's part of Marvel's formula? Is that they have so many team books, a variety of characters to put out, spin off of those books that you're already buying? Could be. Maybe that's part of... You know the the market share that Could they be. get because people get hooked into X Men and like oh I can buy fifteen Wolverine books. Fuck do you yeah. remember the new Fantastic Four? I do. Ghost Rider, Hulk. Was it Gray Hulk or was it Green? Hulk? I think it was Gray Hulk. Gray Hulk, Spider Man, Wolverine. Yep. So who was who? Ghost Rider was the Human Torch. Is that? I guess Hulk so. was obviously the thing. Spider Man was Mister Fantastic. Well, and then Wolverine was Invisible <laughs> Woman. <laughs> Wolverine was on the book because Wolverine has to be in every book. I do have that uh, paperback. I forget what made them come together. Like, what happened to Fantastic Four. I don't Four. remember either. I think it was even the version of the Fantastic Four that She-Hulk was replacing the thing. Okay. It's just such a weird, like... How did they come up with that to be the team? Like who? It's almost like um, like it was they were throwing darts at a at a board and you know they were like, they... all right, we'll give you two popular characters and then pick them. Yeah, <laughs> you have to have Wolverine and Spider Man. Go. Who else do you want? Longshot and Longshot deep cut. And uh, North Star. That would be my Fantastic Four. Paul, do you agree that that Marvel has probably the more recognizable teams? Now they do, yeah. After uh, those X-Men and Avengers movies. Yeah. Absolutely. Alright, so uh, why don't we take a quick break, and when we come back we can get into the the creators of these these companies, as well as maybe some of our... um, favorite storylines and, and events and 
see which ones uh, come out on top. Good idea. Thanks. Be right back. more of a publisher issue than a character's issue. We going? Are we? <clears throat> oh, okay. Marvel has a lot of solid characters, but for whatever reason, they do lean on your Spider-Mans, your X-Men, your Avengers, the same old, you know, tried and true, because it's working for them. I don't think that it's great, but I don't think that it's a knock against the characters that they do have. Um, I wish that they would explore more. I wish they would have more, you know, Doctor Strange and Iron Fist and stuff like that out there. They just don't do it. But I don't think those characters stink because they don't get books made about them. It's just the way it is. Welcome back, folks. No pizza break tonight. However, I did get a fresh Coca-Cola just regular Coca-Cola, no classic. Smoke break. Is there a difference? I don't know. They used to say Coca-Cola classic or just Coke. Whatever. It's good. It's fresh. It's cold. It's keeping me awake. Mm, that's that's most important. Now, we, we were going to uh, get into... Well, Matt, do you want to split this tie? Who wins the character argument? Marvel oh, or DC? Well, I gotta say that it was a hell of a lot easier for me to pick, like, my top five favorite Marvel characters, but, um, DC does have a lot of, like, iconic characters, and, and they really do have probably the big two, you know, the, the Batman, Superman, but pound for pound, character for character, I would probably lean a little toward Marvel. Woohoo! <laughs> and and it's it is such a slight lean, and I'll probably change my mind in the morning. But uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to change my mind right now. Uh oh, the tide has <laughs> turned. I'm like talking myself out of it. <clears throat> um, just go with Marvel. It's the easy conformist answer. Let's go right. with Marvel. Okay, we'll, we'll go with Marvel. Marvel wins this round, but 
there are many more rounds to come in our in our epic two-part Marvel versus DC podcast. So, on to the next uh, the next battle, which is creators, right? Mm-hmm. Which uh, which stable of um, are we doing current? Or are we doing throughout the years? Well, maybe we can combine them. What do you think? It's almost hard to do throughout the years because everyone's worked for everyone. But you can True. look at who did... Look at that best-ass candy cigarette. Damn, how am I going to smoke this thing? We'll do current DC versus current Marvel. Do we include... Well, we, we can look throughout the years and look and look at who did more for which companies. Okay. Like, who left more of a mark? Who really made... Like, you you think Marv Wolfen and George Perez, you don't... You don't think they're Avengers run. You think New Teen Titans. A tricky one is Jim Lee. Jim Lee might have had one of the most successful runs on X-Men. You know, this side of John Byrne and Chris Claremont. But he also is heavily tied to DC being the um, creative director, whatever he is right now. The architect of the New 52. That is a Marvel word, and I would like you to not use architect with light that cigarette. But everybody has worked for both of the companies. Grant Morrison, great work on Batman, great work on X-Men. Um, Jeff Johns, great work on on DC. DC. Bendis. Bendis, great, great work, work on, on Marvel. Marvel. Ed Brubaker, Gotham Knight or Gotham Central, and uh, and Captain America, and uh, Killing Joke. No, not not it, the Killing Joke, called? but it was Man uh, Who Laughs. It was uh, the man who laughs. That Joker story. Mm. Alan Moore, more of a DC guy. Yeah. Um, Stanley, kind of a Marvel guy, but also worked for DC. Stanley imagines what a crappy miniseries that was. I'd say I'd give Jack Kirby to Stanley. Because Marvel. the stuff he... Or yeah, I'd give Jack Kirby to, to Marvel because the stuff he did for Marvel is still pretty cool. And the stuff he did for DC has never been fucking cool. You don't like it? Except Dark Side. Any of the New God stuff. They're fucking terrible. Like, I've never been interested in, in the New God stuff. And now that I'm reminded that the New Gods belong to DC, I am in full Marvel characters camp Woo-hoo. for the win. Because if your company has... That guy with the fire hair and the black and red, or the white and red outfit, who flies around on New Genesis, he deserved to lose. All the weird granny goodness and yeah, mother box, those, father box, and all those boxes. But some of those uh, apocalypse chickies are sexy. Yeah, big big Barda. Big Barda, sexy. Uh, there's a chick called Lashina. Lashina, she sounds sassy. Yeah. <laughs> He is sassy. But ultimately, the, the new gods, they're, they're terrible. The, tomorrow, they're the, the forever people. Come on, Jack Kirby. Are you even trying? 
All, all of Jack Kirby's work seemed to fit much more with the, you know, the Fantastic Four, stu- um, right. Silver Surfer right. stuff, Galactus, all that crap. Rob Liefeld, mm, sorry, Marvel. I don't know. I want to give him the DC real quick because he worked on like a million books last year for DC. So yeah, but he he made, he made his name in Marvel. Started off at Hawk and Dove for DC. Couldn't have got that job with Marvel without that Hawk and but Dove. But people money. knew who he was when he was hiding feet from Marvel. It's true. Hiding feet. Sorry, from Marvel. Marvel. You get Rob Liefeld. I'm pretty sure he's the one that drew those famous Captain America titties. He did. Those were some luscious boobs. <laughs> <laughs> they were so misproportioned. Like the, like even the perspective on them was completely off. <clears throat> was a terrible. Like, didn't he think at any point like I should probably erase some of this? Like the head's working, but like I drew the body at the wrong angle here. Instead, he's just he like, was yeah, like, fuck it. He was like, man, I like tits. I like tits on men. Fuck it. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Oh, jeez. Captain America's tits. Oh, man. Nice breasts. <laughs> Jesus. You know what? I, whenever I think of that image, it looks wrong in my head. And But then when I actually see it, it looks way worse than I, than I imagine it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty hot. Well, what what bad creator can we give to DC then? None. They're the perfect company. Grant Morrison. <laughs> He's not across the board bad though. He's okay. I've pretty much never liked anything I read of his that went beyond three issues. By the third issue, I was like. That's it. I'm done. I can't take him anymore. Who's the dude that the Teen Titans guy? Can we give him the DC? Oh, Scott Lobdell. Scott Lobdell. He did a lot of work on on Uncanny X-Men and all that. He made his name in Marvel. Yeah. I don't want Scott Lobdell. I think DC would get Grant Morrison. He's done more stuff, but it's debatable whether he's bad or not, I think. I know you two don't like him, but I do. Who? Grant Morrison. I would like Steve McNiven in the DC stable, but that's a Marvel guy. Sarah Pacelli, Marvel girl. And those are two... Well, I know you think Steve McNiven's real. Matt thinks Steve McNiven's really um, stiff. Yeah. But I like I like McNiven's stuff a lot. I used to like him, I think, until I really started kind of... Nitpicking the shit out of it? I was going to say critiquing his artwork, but... Yeah. Those yeah, two words, they work. They work. Yeah. Uh, Ivan Reyes is a um, good DC guy. You can't deny that McNiven's shit isn't stiff, though. I, I disagree with you, but I, maybe I'm not looking at it closely enough. But I, I would say I disagree with you. Greg Capullo, at this point, is a DC, a guy. DC guy. So you think he's surpassed his imageness? Well, image isn't of anything that we're factoring right now. <clears throat> it's what did he do at Marvel versus what did he do at DC? I think he was only on X Force for X Factor, X- wasn't it? No, it was X Force. Was X Force? And it was only for like maybe half of a year, okay. not very long at all. 
when uh, Todd McFarland scooped them up and took them over to Image for the better part of a decade. So did Brubaker leave more of a mark than Marvel? I would say so. Captain America, the death of Captain America. I mean, let's face it, Captain stuff. America 2, the movie Winter Soldier, is totally based on his run, mm-hmm. right? David Finch, more of a Marvel guy or more of a DC guy? I think he has... It's, it's pretty even at this point. I would say Marvel. Yeah, I think Marvel when I think of David Finch. But I think the first work I've seen, I saw from him was Moon Knight. Not the New Avenger stuff? Um, maybe it was, but when the first thing I think of when I think David Finch is Moon Knight. Marvel either way. Um, I also feel that way with uh, uh, the guy that did all... Miss uh, Bagley. Bagley is straight up Spider-Man yeah. to me. Yeah. I feel like he would have to work at DC for another... 30 years till I felt differently. Paul Dini. DC. John Romita Jr. Marvel. Marvel. Jeff Loeb. Hmm. DC. I think so. DC. so go yeah, Marvel. I guess so. Yeah. Even though he... What's all it? goes Marvel. I go Marvel because he's doing all the Marvel... All the TV stuff now, plus he did all the color books with himself. Yeah, but when you think of... Man, he's he has such a... Such a great portfolio of stuff to go to. When when I think of him, I think of all this Batman work. I don't know. That's a tough one. Hmm. What was the last thing he did that you can think of? The, uh, the last thing that I... Uh, he did. The Ultimates 3? Did, did he? he did the, oh, he yeah, Nova. Nova. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The last thing that I read was The Ultimates 3, which was fucking horrible. Horrible. It was right after yeah. the uh, Mark Millar Brian Matt Matt stuff. Was, was it, it was his uh, triumphant return to comics. Yeah, I, I like him. I do. I didn't like him back in the '90s, whenever he was all the rage. But I liked his work on Savage Wolverine that he just wrapped up, and he also did uh, um, Spider Man. Spider Man. I forget Spider-Man. Avenging Spider Man, which was pretty good as well. Howard Porter. Oh my god, who cares? <laughs> hey, he's gotta go somewhere. Uh, DC? Dan Jurgens? DC guy? For sure, yeah. Gil you Simone. really like Dan Jurgens, right? Yeah, I do. Bill yeah. Simone? DC? Yeah. Ron Garney? Marvel? Todd McFarlane? <laughs> I like that we're just straight up naming creators. <laughs> <laughs> Todd McFarlane? I mean, for the sake of this this conversation, Marvel, but image, really. <laughs> Marvel, though. What about uh, Garth Ennis? That's a good one. That's a that's a really good one. I think it's going to be Marvel. I don't I can't think of anything he's done for DC. Oh, Garth Ennis, Vertigo, Preacher. Does that not count? Um. I don't, think why it, don't, I don't think it should count because for a long time, DC really split those two up. They were yeah. really you don't two count Vertigo because it's completely separate. Then it most of the time it's completely separate, and those characters never cross over. Yeah, I don't, I don't count, I, I don't count Vertigo, but it, it, they're owned by DC, so maybe. 
Now that you say that, I don't think I know any DC proper stuff that Garth Ennis has done. Me neither. Mark Wade. It's tough. I would say Mark Wade. You would say Marvel? Uh huh. He did a lot of Superman stuff. Birthright. Did he ever write Superman proper or? Yeah, he wrote Flash for a long time. Kingdom Come. Alex Ross? I think I'd lean uh, Marvel for Mark Wade. I want to say maybe his current Daredevil run and the accolades that that's getting is kind of the thing that's making me push him over toward Marvel right now. Um, Now, do you think that there's a certain style or attitude still associated with either company? I think in the 90s there definitely was, and maybe that's what pushed me towards Marvel. Do you think that still holds on? Yeah, I do. I I do think that right now, I think that there is uh, an arrogance... A Marvel arrogance that is a big turnoff for me, um, which is why currently I gravitate more toward DC stuff because I feel like the ship is run by a, a broader uh, array of creators as opposed to Marvel's kind of like, um, you know, there's only a few cooks in the kitchen kind of mentality, which normally is the way to go. But when you're talking about a whole universe of characters, I think it's good to have variety. I mean, come on. Variety is the spice of life. I think George Foreman said that. It makes your lips spicy, I think. It's basically the angry angry whopper of life. Variety. I agree that Marvel's pretty pretty fucking arrogant right now with the way that they're handling all their characters, making their their title character in Spider-Man a bad guy. It's just... It feels like... We're doing things because we can, and yep. we know you'll still buy it. Marvel gets dance a lot. <laughs> yes, it does. I thought you said Marvel gets to dance a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty weird, man. I guess so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I probably have to, to give it up for DC here because... Um, like I said, the arrogance is just... I feel like it's growing, too. I feel like it's its contingent on how successful the movies have been lately, too. It's almost like... Maybe this is totally misguided on my part, but I feel like Brian Michael Bendis almost, like, kind of feels like he's somehow responsible for the, the success of those movies or something like that. It's kind of like taking credit for your friend had something that was really yeah, successful and yeah. awesome, and you're taking credit for that when you didn't do shit, except say, oh yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I just, I feel like... Like Venice is going, yeah, you fucked that girl in my house. <laughs> I mean, so, it, that's the problem. Avengers, you're like, welcome. <laughs> if you are not a fan of his writing style, and... To a degree, I I am, actually. Uh, But if you're not, how can you enjoy Marvel books? I mean, he writes so many of the the flagship titles. Um, It's either him, or it's Fraction, or it's Jason Aaron. It used to be Mark Miller. I don't know what he's up to anymore, but... Making um, movies. Making movies, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brubaker's in there, too. I get... What's he do now, though? 
I don't know off the top of my head. Isn't he writing... Is he on one of the Fantastic Four books right now? I think they're both written by the same guy. Who the hell's writing Fantastic Four? I don't know off the top of my head. Jonathan Hickman is another one Fraction of those Fraction is writing him, I think. That or no, no oh, maybe shit. it is Hickman. It might be Hickman writing both of those. That's another dude that I don't really like Jonathan Hickman's stuff. His stuff doesn't do much for me. I, I've, you know, and it's, a lot of these guys that we're mentioning are kind of the young guns, the up-and-coming um, creators, particularly the writers. I tend to enjoy the DC, the new DC guys better, like Jeff Lemire and especially Scott Snyder. I think Scott Snyder could write Matt Fraction under the table. I, I th- Have you ever heard that term, writing under the table? You want him to blow him with his pen? <laughs> I feel that... I didn't exactly say that. I feel the same way Matt does about about the arrogance. It feels like... I agree, too. Fuck that, it. You know, Marvel's, Marvel's like, yeah, they're, 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 it's that one group of guys, and they're like, we got this, we got this. And the DC guys like Lamar and Snyder are kind of just like, yeah, you know, we're playing some books. Check it out. Yeah, there, like it. there's a bit of like a modesty to the uh, to the DC elite. Uh, with Marvel, I almost feel like, again, total conjecture on my part, but I sort of feel like, you know, the 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 top guys like Bendis and those guys like probably Hayes, all the younger, more new writers like in like like, <laughs> like give them wedgies and shit. Like, they tie him to the goalpost. Yeah, duct tape him to the ceiling. Uh, I, I almost feel like it's it's like a team taking on the coach's personality, where, like, Bendis is kind of the head writer yeah. in Marvel, and everyone's following his lead. But Jeff Johns is a DC, and he's really not a limelight guy, and he's pretty shy to begin with. And everyone else just kind of falls under that. I sort of feel like with DC, there's kind of a love of comics, kind of at the at the core of these creators, like Jim Lee. And at Marvel, there's a greedy love of fame. I was gonna say, yeah. you don't think that the writers at Marvel love comics? I, I yeah, they do. I, I think. I but they I, love money more. I do sort I of feel s- like they love their egos the most. Bendis has. Spider-Man bent over a table and he's just fucking him in the ass and throwing money on him. That's how I imagine it. Wow. <laughs> what a human imagination. Was... Thank you. Well, that spider cash. Throw it. <laughs> that really was vivid. Like, and he's throwing money on him. I like, how... like butt fucking Spider-Man wasn't enough. He's throwing throw money, money on him. Yes. yes. So I guess you guys just... didn't agree with that, depending <laughs> on seeing as how you're so silent. It's not just the creators, but it's 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 what the creators are doing. Marvel seems to keep doing the same thing over and over again, but there's a there seems to be a lot more variety going on with what's being written at DC. There's a lot of gimmicks going down at DC as well, which is a little off-putting to me. The covers, the Villains Month with the 3D covers, while that's cool, screams 90s gimmickry to me. But it's nothing that you have to get to understand what's going on in other books. Unlike Battle of Adam, which ruined two months of 
X that X-Men book for me. True. Well, True. you didn't have to get it. You could have just not got those issues and continued You should have known after. better than getting Marvel books, buddy. I know. I should have. Maybe we'll just be... Ian is right. The Villains Month was total 90s gimmickry. Gimmickry? Gimm- I don't know what the correct word is. I don't know <coughs> gimmickry? Gimmickry? On the other side of Battle of the Atom. If I was following the entire Battle of the Atom, I would have had to get a bunch of different books. You don't have to, you didn't have to do that with all those villains month times. So yeah, it's it's gimmicky, but it I don't think it negatively affects the creative direction of where they're going with their stories. Mm-hmm. I can't find what Ed Brubaker is doing right now. I couldn't find it either. So, uh, I think Bendis is fucking him on a table and throwing money on him. <laughs> I tried it twice. At least I got a laugh that time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so graphic. Mm-hmm. That's how I like to roll. What other uh, big guns does DC have? Who are those dudes that write The Flash that you like a lot? Uh, Francis Manifold and Brian Bucciolato, who are moving over to Detective Comics. Do you like that move? No. Why? I don't. Because The Flash is so good, I don't know what I'm going to get next. Oh, I don't know Detective Comics? I don't know what I'm going to get on The Flash next. I don't get Detective Comics. I will now. Right. But I don't want Flash to suffer. That's been one of my... Absolute favorite book since the new Fifty Two kicked off. I thought and a now, couple. Of now epi- I don't know what's gonna happen. I thought a couple of episodes ago you said that you wouldn't buy a book just because of a artist. Is this artist writer combo that you're going for? Yeah. Okay. Just trying to bust your balls. But I think at some point after I said that, I decided that Francis Manipal would probably be the artist that got the that got the nod. But being that he's he's also writing it with Brian Bucciolato, and they did, did such a good job, I, I'm i really curious to see how they're going to go from a pretty bright character like Barry Allen and transfer that over to a, a darker-themed book like Batman. I'm intrigued because I don't feel like any of the Bat titles have that, that slightly more light-hearted artistic approach so this seems like and you're not reading batman 66 sir that's true i'm not but in the current the current batman continuity uh i think that that could be really interesting i can't even think of the last time batman was treated like with such um with such kind of uh lightheartedness artistically the Dick Grayson stuff was a little more light whenever Dick Grayson took over and was Batman for a year right before the new 52. Yeah. A little more lighthearted. But I'm thinking, like, Francis Manipal almost has, like, a, a cartoony kind of style, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, who drew Batman that ever had that type of style? Like, nobody's ever paired Bruce that Tim. character. Right. Exactly. Bruce Timm. This is going to be pretty fucking cool. I hope it's... I hope they take the approach that they did with The Flash and kind of keeping it all condensed to just that character and just that book, 
without spinning it out into, into different arcs and bringing in a lot of other characters. Uh, it, whenever they some like, of that stuff is the editorial though, and it's Batman. <clears throat> right, but Batman's like Wolverine. I mean, he can do a thousand things at the same time. Right. Without having to tie into to, to everything else, and they let, might let not zero have a choice, though, Just like and the main Batman book, tie into all, tie tie in, in, into the other stuff. Let Detective just tell good stories. I'm saying that you know there might not be a choice. They might force a tie in, which it seems like they did the past two years with the Night of the Owl stuff and Death of the Family. They might not have a choice but to tie in. So, what do we think about? Uh, the like storylines. Who, which, which companies got the better, big storylines? Uh, Marvel has so many, because that's all they do. I can't decide. It's got you DC, there. DC has a, a lot of very iconic storylines, um, that I like a lot. I'm just tired myself. <laughs> You've been playing with your sleeves all night. I have. <laughs> It's, um, I think it's DC hands down, to be honest. For storylines? If you think, like, graphic novels, and you want to recommend something to somebody, um, you know, you can just rattle off a bunch of Batman. I can rattle off Superman stuff, and I don't even really like Superman all that much. Um, Green Lantern. Dark Knight Returns. The Killing Joke. You can go current, go, like... Birthright, um, Court of Owls, Superman for All Seasons, um, the um, Jeff Johns yeah. storyline, um, Death to Superman, even though you don't like it, I still think it's yeah. pretty cool, uh, Nightfall, any of the Green Lantern, Nightfall for Green sure. Lantern Rebirth, <clears throat> Green Arrow, Quiver. Alright, so like, let's say somebody's like, hey, recommend me some Marvel stories, Infinity Gauntlet, Spider-Man Blue. Okay. The entire, well, the first 22 trades of Ultimate Spider-Man. The the first trade of JMS and um, Romita Jr. that I can't remember the name of. That's some of the problem right there. I can't remember the name of that right off. It's, it's just that run. It's not the... It's, it's not the... the even the, the book is. Even, it's just that run. even the first story, I would recommend that. Um, Winter, the Winter Soldier, Captain yeah. America stuff... <clears throat> Um, the, what, what's this, God Bomb stuff? The new Thor wants Thor, to Thor, God in. Bomb. Matt? Uh, da- Daredevil, um... Yellow? Ma- well, Man Without Fear. Um... Daredevil, Daredevil Guardian yeah. Devil. Guardian Devil, yeah. Um... X-Men, um... New X-Men, the Grant Morrison stuff I like. I remember liking Maximum Carnage a lot back in the day. <laughs> Massive crossover. Yeah, but it you can get it in Disassemble. one book. And then you could go to the event stuff like Civil War, House of M. Which might read much better in a collected edition. Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion. The Fear, Fear Itself. itself. Siege. X-Men. What are they, Battle of the Atom now? I think Siege was my least favorite. I think Siege was just... I didn't even read all of Siege. My least favorite is Fear Itself. That one was horrible. I don't think I finished it, but Siege was only four issues. And it was four issues of poo. 
Trinity War was pretty anticlimactic. Oh, really? Yeah. You named uh, 52 earlier tonight. Sounds to me like this is going to D.C. easy. Yeah, I think, I think we're, so. I think we're stretching a little more. Uh, and, and, stuff. and I want to basically say that, you know, if we Ooh, look at the... Identity crisis. That's pretty bad. Tornado's path. The, the, when we look at creators, the history, you know, throughout history from both companies, it's kind of a draw, I think. But <clears throat> if we're going to talk now, I mean, we talked about a lot of writers, um... What about what about current artists? Um, I I almost would give it to DC again. Really? Yeah. Um, See, I think I'd, I'd give it to Marvel. Though. I think Marvel has more well-known artists working on more top-tier books. You think so? Yeah. No one like I love uh, the guy that's on Justice League Dark, whose name I can never remember. Yeah, it's is it's like some Polish name or something. I want to say. Uh, but no one knows. No one. He's knows, awesome, no but one, I can't no pronounce his name. Is. You know, you have Francis Manipal, Cliff Chang, Jim Lee. Yeah. Greg Capullo. Mm-hmm. Who else is on some of those books? David Finch is on Forever Evil. Tony is, Daniel. Is Ivan Reyes. Tony Daniel still drew the shit out of Superman. Superman, Wonder, Wonder Woman. He hooked that the fuck up. It was, it was awesome. Jay Lee's with them now. Jay Lee's incredible. Uh, you got um, who? Who drew the uh, the Shazam backup? Gary Frank. Gary Frank. Oh my! When does that come out? That collected edition? Because I fucking I need know. that. That was really good stuff. So who's doing the big stuff at, at Marvel now? David Asia. Who? The guy on Hawkeye. Oh, Hawkeye. Um, the guy that's uh, Olivia Coipel. Humberto Ramos. I don't know if he's still drawing X-Men. Humberto Ramos does a lot of uh, a lot of Spider-Man. Frank Cho does... Frank Cho. He, he did some Battle of the Atoms stuff. John Romita Jr. does a lot. Uh, various stuff. Yeah. He's not on it right now, I don't think. He, he finished He just his... wrapped up that big, long... Yeah, he did, I think, about nine issues or something. About that. Uh, Michael Michael Janin? Michael Janin, yeah. Sarah Pacelli. Yeah. Steve McNiven. Those are good artists. Yeah. Um, so is the guy... Uh, uh, Amanda Connor for DC. The guy on Nova. Who looks like Ed McGinnis. Is that but Wells? Is Ed McGinnis. Wells is the writer. Uh, who the hell? Who was that? I don't know. Are the Dodsons on any Marvel stuff right now? X-Men or something? I don't know. I always feel like they're they're a Marvel team. But I don't know. I we named a whole bunch of good artists for both companies. Mike Allred's with uh, with Marvel, and I like him. Not a fan. Not a big fan, man. No. What what, what is it about his style that doesn't do it for you? I don't know. See, I feel like he brings kind of that the comics. Paco Medina. Okay, Paco Medina on Nova. On but, Nova. But Mike Allred brings kind of a sixties vibe, a very classic comic book vibe. He reminds me a lot like if um if like Steve Ditko were to come up in the ranks today that 
you know, basically he's got a lot of, I think, influences from him, but, but with, like, a modern polish. And I just, I think that's such a, a cool look. It, I think it's very unique. So I'm a big fan. Hmm. See, I, I don't think I can get into Mike Allred stuff. It's, there's something about the way he draws faces, and even the dudes have, like, it looks like even the dudes have lips and eyeshadow on, like mascara. Really? I never noticed that. There's a Marvel artist, Jerome Opena, that he currently Jerome draws... Jerome what? Yeah. He currently draws uh, the Avengers. I don't know if it's called Avengers Omega. It's the Avengers book that has the Omega symbol on it. There's so many books that are just called straight up Avengers or X-Men. They need Marvel needs to get their their titling a little bit more accurate because yeah. everything's either Avengers or X-Men and it's it's hard to keep up. Yeah, that is true. But yeah, this uh Jerome Penna guy can draw his dick off. So, so I don't think I get I don't think I get enough Marvel stuff to to really be able to determine what their artists look like right now. DC throws a lot of fill-ins on their books. I don't know what it's like in Marvel. I don't know if Guillaume March is still drawing anything for DC, but his little run on Catwoman was pretty phenomenal. Isn't he drawing Talon right now? He was. He's okay. not on that anymore either. Back in the 90s, it felt like each company had its own attitude with the the type of artists that they had. Yeah. Um, Marvel had the, all those pre-image books, all those pre-image artists, so all their stuff was you know, extreme and in-your-face and um, a lot of splash pages where DC kind of maintained the standard panel-to-panel storytelling, which, which is great, but um, they, were, they were two distinct things, and now... There's so much crossover. It doesn't feel like that holds up anymore. I, I kind of wish that, that the companies would go back to that, that you would kind of have a real feel when you opened up a book. Yeah. You'd know exactly which company if, you're if, reading. If anything, I would say that DC has adopted the, the old Marvel style from the 90s, and it's almost like Marvel kind of has shifted a little more toward what DC used to do. Uh, because I feel like Marvel, and maybe not quite as much now as maybe four or five years ago, but Marvel started just taking themselves way too seriously. Like, they just stopped letting themselves be about superheroes, and, you know, all the coloring on all their books were really dark and kind of drab. I mean, remember the run on The Incredible Hulk? How that was just the darkest looking, just looked like the movie The Crow. I mean, the colors were so dark. And Who who drew it? Um, and when was it? Uh, was it that... Five years ago? Was it when they sent the Hulk into outer space? And before he was that. Planet Hulk and I all that? I think right before that. Right before that. Might have been... Might have been Greg Pak. That's, that sounds... That sounds Greg like... Greg Pak's the writer. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't remember who drew it. But even like Captain America, when Brubaker was was um, <clears throat> writing that, the art in that was Dark, always... gritty, joyless book. Yeah, really yeah. good book, great story. 
but it was. It just didn't feel it like very serious. That sounds like that's if it's joyless, that's gonna make a horrible movie. It does. <laughs> that's why Marvel. That's why all Marvel's movies are essentially comedies. But like what I'm saying though is that these these uh, books just had no. They just sucked the superhero element completely out of them, and. Uh, I don't feel like that's quite the case as much anymore. I think that they've really kind of gotten back to uh, the superhero roots, but I feel like DC has just kind of embraced that and run with it and continues to run with it. Um, it's like they're not ashamed to have a bright, colorful book with a dude wearing bright, colorful spandex. The non-underwear. That's a, that's a non-starter. It's a yeah, no-no. Take off the underwear. Yeah. Yeah, the underwear's gone. This year, looking at Halloween costumes and seeing Superman costumes from the movie, the no underwear was really weird looking. They should rethink that for the next movie. Really? I like the underwear. I think they should go back to the underwear. It looks strange in real life. Yeah, I agree. I Even when we saw the Superman movie, I thought that he looked a little bit naked almost without the red briefs. You need something to... Block that area off. <laughs> yeah, just... And I know that they're like, oh, you don't want him to wear underwear, right? But why I mean, not? Outside, but at the same he's time, fucking if Superman. He, if he doesn't, then it, he's wearing, like, a one-piece, like, spandex suit. And you know how creepy those can yeah, be. Yeah, you could give him, like, how hockey players have, like, the shorts. They can give yeah. him, like, those shorts, and it wouldn't be weird. Right. It'd be fine. I don't know. The last... The last... Oh, um... The way they drew Batman in DC Universe versus Masters of the Universe had the underwear on. I don't have an image of it, but a couple panels in that book, he had the black underwear on. Underwear is the way to go, if, if you ask me. Madonna had it right the whole time. <laughs> underwear on the outside. And I felt like the, the artist was kind of giving his own middle finger to DC's <laughs> no underpants rule. <laughs> That's going to do it for us tonight, folks. Where's our final tally? I think DC won. We don't have a final tally because nobody was keeping score. Well, actually... Um, or somebody was. Marvel Marvel takes it in the characters department. DC takes it in the uh, creators. Uh, Storylines. Story and definitely the storyline. So, so two to one in favor of DC tonight. And we're doing a follow-up to this next week where we talk about the reboots as well as media and yes where Marvel's more than likely gonna make up a little ground but you never know folks so stay tuned to part two of Marvel versus DC my name is Paul McGinty Ian Sharpley Matt Casal. have a lovely evening